not only do we strive to find the right fit as individuals, but we recognize that the right fit could be something that is different moment to moment and season to season. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Startup Parent Podcast. This is the show where we get to talk to working parents, entrepreneurs, and business leaders about what it looks like to raise kids while also building companies. If you're in the thick of it with your career or your business and you've got little ones at home, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Today, we're on core value number three, and this core value is all about work-life balance, or as I like to say, the myth of work-life balance. One of the hardest things about being a CEO or being a manager or a leader is finding and carving out space to think. That is one of the reasons why I made the Wise Women's Council. Twice a month, we bring wise, vetted experts in to support you in your leadership development. Our core business trainings help CEOs and leaders make complex decisions more easily, learn how to say no, learn how to ask for help, and build a life and a business based on whole person leadership principles. Our leadership sessions support you in deepening your own internal wisdom, building at your personal growth edges, and improving your stamina and energy reserves. It's called the Wise Women's Council. We've been running it for six years now, and we open only twice a year for enrollments, once in the spring and once in the fall. If you want to find out more about this program and what people have to say about it, head over to startupparent.com slash WWC. Today's episode is looking at our third core value. This core value is that work-life balance is a myth. Yes, I said it. Work-life balance is not something that we're going for. Instead, there is work-life fit and there is tension. The strive towards some sort of perfect work-life balance is a myth and it is a fruitless exercise, frankly. Life is always changing and our goals, many of them are often in tension with each other and that tension is actually what creates interesting results. For example, many women have shared that they adore their businesses and their work lives and their families are what created this hard edge and set new boundaries in how they approach their work. They had to revolutionize themselves and their understanding and their relationship with work. Left untended, many of these women have told me that they would work all the time nonstop. And I would probably identify closer to that side of the spectrum on a personal scale. I can work all the time. It's fun to work. It's satisfying to work. There's short-term, shallow, immediate wins and gains. Not shallow, even some deep ones. And sometimes having the tension of something else in your life can create better results. So Instead of some idealized myth of this perfect balance, we strive to find the right fit for us as individuals. Not only do we strive to find the right fit as individuals, but we recognize that the right fit could be something that is different moment to moment and season to season. So a few notes to unpack this as a philosophy. One way to think about this is in terms of yoga. 
If you're familiar with yoga and you've done the postures before, great. If you haven't, consider some sort of athletic example where you are trying to reach or let's say you're trying to grab something off of a top shelf or you're trying to pick up your kid while also grabbing the backpack, but you have the scooter under your hand and somehow you need to navigate the front door open. Well, let's also add in a stroller. All right. You with me? So I'm going to use yoga, but you can picture any of these ideas. One of the things that is really important in the idea of balance in yoga is when you achieve a balanced pose in yoga, there's both a beautiful stacking of your skeletal architecture, as well as the strength of physical exertion that's happening in your musculature. So you are working really hard. Your muscles are engaged and they're strong. You have aligned certain pieces in the architectural configuration. So your bones are aligned, your weight is distributed equally, the pressure and the physics of it are moving, like there is activity happening, and there's energy flowing through your body as you are achieving this state of a balance in a pose. You are at work while you are creating this pose of balance. And it is actually this work that is more interesting. So Balance isn't something that we just slump back against a wall and sit back and be like, aha, it's achieved. I have achieved it. Therefore, it's no longer necessary to work towards it. And once achieved, I've unlocked some key and some success and I never have to think about it again. Instead, I like to think about this idea of this fit and this tension and this activity that happens where we are engaged in the pursuit and the striving and the work of doing it allows us moment by moment to achieve really beautiful results. You can achieve the momentary and the magic of that effortlessness, the superhero-ness of managing to get all of those pieces out the front door while not dropping the stroller down the staircase, you know, all of these things. There's like this beautiful moment, but it is not effortless and it is not permanent. You are at work in creating this pose. We're going to take a quick break. If you are thinking about joining us in the Wise Women's Council, make sure you apply to join us during our spring or our fall enrollment. Head to startupparent.com slash WWC to find out more about the Wise Women's Council. All right, let's get back into it. What's interesting about this work, too, is thinking about how do these things come up against each other and what shapes do you create when you're both in harmony and when you're in tension? Instead of thinking of work-life balance as this like mythological ideal or the state to be achieved, then it might be an idea of a state that we achieve at certain moments or certain points, but it's not an ongoing place of arrival. Life is really far too dynamic for that. To layer a few ideas into this philosophy, you can think of music as another example. In music, there are moments of dissonance. You can hear maybe the horns honking in the background, depending on how well this microphone is working. <laughs> but even in music, the dissonance can be quite beautiful. And there's moments when that tension, that struggle is the beauty. Another important point is that it's cyclical. I don't think that we believe that it's supposed to be all one way at any given moment of the time. And what this does for us as a philosophy, I think it can ease up on the pressure that you have to you have to be the same person at work that you were, say, pre 
children to the way that you are in work when they are very, very young. And then know again that the cycles will change again in the years to come. And there may be moments where one element or mode or purpose or drive takes on more of the space in your life and role and you acknowledge that and you know it and that this thing is changing and that you have choice and that there is a beauty in the striving and that in the striving there is a tension that actually creates the next level of ourselves and of our work and there isn't some sort of perfect that we can somehow achieve. So the last thing I'll leave in this philosophy riff is when we take the stance that work-life balance is a myth, that it doesn't actually exist, what it frees us up to do is to think about how work can change. And the idea that what work looks like is in need of radical reinventions. And there are some great books on this subject. Cal Newport and his Ode to Deep Work and the idea that what we've done by not having enough constraints in our work world around protecting the deep work and the striving is we're now just kind of in a mumble jumble of, well, we'll just default to what's easiest because we don't have a declarative understanding of what's most important. It's a wonderful book on rethinking what work looks like if you're in the knowledge industry in the information age and the internet age. The fallacy of the open offices is something that's been under examination over the last 20 years. And yet companies are still saying that to achieve collaboration and serendipity, we need to have lots of open spaces and no space for privacy and deep work. And there's a number of introverts and experts that are starting to reject this idea, like Susan Cain and her book Quiet and her work in understanding what great workplaces look like, and even Gretchen Rubin. And then many, many articles on why open office structures just don't work. And another book that you can look into to start to question these ideas further is the book called The Work Revolution. So with this philosophy, core value number three, that work-life balance is a myth, that instead there is fit and there is tension. Then the question for you, listener, is... When do you need to let go of the need to achieve the perfect idea of balance? And when you do that, what does it free you up to do instead? So an inquiry in your own life might be, where does this ideal, this need, this desire to achieve work-life balance show up? How does it come up in your own life? How do you feel about the term work-life balance? Is it something that you struggle with? Is it something that you want or crave? Is it something that you think is ridiculous? Why or why not? Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I'm really enjoying bringing these to you. And as with everything, down the line, several months, maybe a year from now, we'll come back and reflect on how did they work and what's stuck and, and what's changed about what we believe. So thanks for listening to this series. And I invite you to add your reflections to each of these core values. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. I want to 
to tell you a couple of things that people have said about the Wise Women's Council. One of our members said, the business support is top notch. On one of our calls, one person said, my mind is already blown and we're only seven minutes in. Hillary said, Sarah, you are one of the best facilitators I have ever met. And Dana said, if you're somebody that regularly designs community or holds space for other people, here's a place where you don't have to because Sarah has figured it all out for you and you can just be when you're in this space. Caroline said once on a call, she said, I'm normally one of those people that's thinking all the time about how you can facilitate something better. And Caroline said, I don't have to do that when I'm with you. Michelle said it's one of the only places she doesn't have to code switch between so many different identities. She doesn't have to hide being a mom. She doesn't have to hide being a business owner. She doesn't have to explain herself over and over again to different people and have them not understand her. If you are living at the intersection of parent, mom, business owner, leader, entrepreneur, facilitator, or you are running a company, come check out the Wise Women's Council. That's a place I made for you. It's what I needed when I first became a parent, and we've been running this program for six years. Head to startupparent.com slash WWC to find out more about the Wise Women's Council and apply to join us today. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. It is a pleasure to be in conversation with you. You can find out more about everything we talked about and all of the show notes here on your podcast player, or you can head to our website, startupparent.com. I want to give another shout out to all of our amazing sponsors who help make this show possible. We are so grateful to get to work with you and partner with so many wonderful companies and organizations that are dedicated to making life better for entrepreneurs, female founders, and working parents. If you are interested in sponsoring the show and partnering with us, then head to startupparent.com slash sponsor, and you can send a note to our sponsorship team. Did you know that we have a new Substack and we have a secret podcast? Oh, yes, we do. Head to Startup Parents Substack. The link is startupparent.substack.com. I'll put the link in the show notes and check out our secret podcast. When you become a paid backer, when you upgrade your subscription and you join our community, you get lots of perks for being a community member. For our paid backers, I host a monthly private podcast where I dig into the nitty gritty of business building and parenting and everything in between. Listeners and readers get to submit questions, then I pick one or two each month and we dive deep into it. In addition, for our paid backers, we host our Startup Parent Monthly Book Club. This is where we get to talk about interesting books with other smart and interesting and kind people. And I run book club a little bit differently. You can read the book if you have time, but chances are you don't always have time to read the book. So the way I host book club is that anyone can join whether or not you've read the book because I give you a summary of it up at the beginning and then I frame up four questions from the book that we can talk about and you'll always be in rooms with other people that have read the book so we can share knowledge and wisdom. The purpose of book club is to have rich and interesting and insightful conversations not to judge you on whether or not you had a chance to read a book. So our secret podcast and our private book club those are just two of the perks that we offer for people who become community members and that's not all. I love getting to say that phrase. That's not all. There are actually a lot of other perks, and I'm going to let you discover them when you go to our Substack. Last but not least, if you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would leave us a review. It means a lot to the show, and it helps other people find us. So definitely leave a review. I read every single one of them, and I'm so grateful when I see your name in my inbox and when I see that people are leaving more reviews. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, and I will see you on the next episode.